I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K R I S A N N E H A L L dot com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show. I am Chris Ann Hall, and I'm here with my husband and co host, JC Hall, endeavoring to bring you truth, fact, and constitution in the face of fake propaganda and agenda. And how could that be better describing what's going on t- in in recent media with the whole toy bomb? Yeah, the unexploding pipe bombs. The unexploding toy. Unexplodable. Unexplodable. Not unexploding. Unexplodable. And I think that it's really crazy. It's, they're calling it the bomb threat. How do you get threatened by something well, that is unexplodable? Well, it's a threat for sure. Yeah, but scare. He's menacing people with unexplodable bombs. Menacing I, I mean, them. the guy's off his rocker. And th- th- Obviously. But this is the thing. So No, but it's, it's Trump's fault. Yeah, but it comes out, Caesar Sayak or whatever his name is, um, who was is he Cuban? F- from New York. That's not a Cuban name. Oh. From New York, um, lived in Aventura, Florida, I think near Opelika. Opalaka. And uh, so the and the funny thing is, one more time, just like all the rest, here is this nut job, obvious basket case with truly psychological issues. Yeah. But with a law enforcement record, criminal record going back to the 90s, as long as your arm. Right. So the guy's got assaults. Threats, bomb threats, uh, felony drug charges, felony tax charges, um, numerous theft charges in the 90s. Um, I mean, on and on it goes. And he was a registered Republican. So which of those things do you think is an indication in the eyes of the media that this guy's dangerous? What's the important characteristic? Uh, In the eyes of the media? Yeah. Oh, well, he's registered Republican. Right. So the whole focus, registered Republican. The the guy has a record, once again, as long as your arm. And has well, the only slipped. reason he's registered Republican is because he's actually alive. Well, so. <laughs> that was a joke. Regardless <laughs> of all of, all of his history, right? Mm-hmm. Once it, I mean, just like all the rest. You talk about the Parkland shooter. I mean, on and on and on it goes. And in fact, I'm reading an article 
and they talk about him making a, a bomb threat to Florida Power and Light. And and here's the phrase, just like in all these other other things that come out, every time we have a shooting, a bombing, a threat, uh, terrorism, plot, fraud, whatever, what do they say? Quote, just like in this article, he was on the FBI's Watch. radar. Yeah, well, which means he every, was on their list. But I'm saying every stinking time. If you want to talk about a commonality, if you want to talk about something that stands out, some characteristic that you ought to be focused on, is not his Democrat registration, Republican registration, Libertarian registration. It's the same thing that keeps popping up over and over and over again that he was on law enforcement's radar. It had... He had a criminal history No, 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 not just problem. law enforcement yeah, radar. Well, FBI. FBI. But I'm, but I'm, no, that's a, I think that's a, a no, relevant but I'm thinking distinction. Park, no, but I'm thinking Parkland shooter, that kid, right? I don't know if it was FBI. Yes, he was on the FBI. Okay. He, was, but he was noticed by the FBI as well. But in any case, here this guy is, this criminal justice system. And so we want to be all, the liberals want to be all touchy-feely and let's, you know, let's not... Let's not be so harsh and, you know, give all these guys a pass and this and that and lighten the sentence and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And every single time it is two characteristics. One, they have a criminal history and recent things that were really disturbing and frightening and shocking and actually connected to mm -hmm. what they would later do. That's one thing. Criminal record in the number two. Um, Mental issues. Right. Is this. I, it's just. It, it's frustrating, and, and so we got to focus. So the whole conversation got to be about his political affiliation, right? Because that's the way America is today, right? Everything is political. We can't have a constitutional Supreme Court justice. It's got to be a political argument. We can't deal with the problems that we have uh, with with obvious with people who have obvious mental health issues, it's got to be a political issue. We can't deal with people who have criminal records because it's got to be a political issue. We can't deal with the real issues of, of um, uh, domestic violence. We can't deal with real issues of sexual harassment because it has to be a political issue. Yeah, but Everything has to be about these egotistical, arrogant maniacs in politics so everything has to be about them it can't be about real problems okay but i would take it a step further when it comes to the media and the conversation not not just a political issue but it's 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 republican right because notice now think about this steve scalise and these others steve scalise shot at the mm -hmm. softball thing right pam body's run out of a theater Ted Cruz's family chased out a restaurant. McConnell threatened at a restaurant. DHS secretary mobbed in the restaurant. Pennsylvania man threatened. Pennsylvania lefty threatens to shoot Trump in the head. New York Times runs a uh, fantasy about uh, President Trump being assassinated. Sarah Sanders and her kids run out of the theater. Kevin McCarthy has his windows busted out. Antifa's blocking the streets, attacking cars, breaking cars, assaulting people in Portland. Uh, countless... Uh, uh, instances of, of people with MAGA hats being attacked and having the hats slapped off their heads, stuff thrown in their face. Candace Owens shouted down the streets. Star Parker run out of her home. Okay, so all that long, 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 long list, it's never... You forgot listen, one. I, yeah, I, I could keep going. No, 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 you forgot a very important one. What's that? Can we, can we talk about the really important one? No. 
<laughs> right. We can get to that. But I'm saying this stuff that's in the news. My my point is you run through all that list. Uh-huh. Never was the reporting political in those instances. Right. Okay. Um, let me add Parkland yeah. Shooter and all that other stuff. Yeah. It's always about the gun or some other thing or you can't call a mob. Stop calling people violent. It's First Amendment protest. Right. Oh, don't but, forget about the the guy who went in and, and shot people in the gay club in, in Orlando. Right. That, you got to put that one in okay. there, too. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I forgot the attack on, uh, 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 what do you call it? Rand the, Paul. Yeah. There's Rand that Paul. on Rand Paul. Right. right. Attack on Rand Paul. Uh, and then the one, uh, Tony Robbins mm-hmm. group, mm-hmm. or the, the Christian group, They run, the guy runs up uh, and attacks them, mm-hmm. right? So it's always gun access to gun blah 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 blah. so it's never political there right so now we got we we happen to finally finally get one of these guys that's registered republican and now we got to talk about their political affiliation i just listed what is this a dozen we just rattled off 15 of them right and and the media never talked about anybody's political affiliation involved in that other than other than the victim right if they bring up political even when they bring up bring up political affiliation in these cases they say well the victim was a Trump supporter, and since they were a Trump supporter, they're supporting a guy who makes such so rhetoric it. that it incites violence. So even when it's one of them conducting the violence, it's still Trump's fault because he made them do it. And same with this guy. So do we need to go back and read? It's a Saturday. Do we do we need to go back and read George Washington's farewell address? Right. This partisanship. The partisanship and how how he warned us that it was a baneful foe that it would bring about the destruction of liberty. Can I just show you? These people are deranged. So I want to just show you how this goes about bringing about the destruction of liberty on both sides. This is something that Washington had warned us about. So obviously on the left side, you have this this push of full-out partisanship. You have this division that's created. You actually have a bigotry that's created by the left. And not only that, then you have the loss of liberties of property ownership, the loss of liberties of the right to keep and bear arms that they're pushing out of all of this. This is their whole agenda. Well, we we were listening to Hannity today, and Hannity had Steve Scalise on, and Hannity said... Well, I think they need to shut down the halls of Congress and stop letting public in there. And I was so excited to hear Steve Scalise say, no, that's not what we want to do. And Hannity kept pushing it. Well, how can we let them block people in the elevator? What about spitting in in somebody's face? And Scalise is like, look, this is not how we deal with these issues. He actually said exactly what I would have said to Hannity. If somebody is committing a crime in the house, they need to be arrested you need to deal yeah. with these things on a person by person crime by crime basis not shut down the government so the public doesn't have access to their representatives and this this is what washington was talking about you have one side trying to justify the taking of the rights of the people who who are probably orchestrating all of this then you have the other side who in in this kind of knee-jerk galvanic reaction says okay we've got to make people safe we got to lock it down we got to shut up the government i don't know if you remember jc but i used to give a course to the high school students Oh, yeah. Where we went through 
and we elected people and we gave them scenarios. Do you remember that in that scenario there became there came an attack on our legislators and they they said, look, we just need to shut down the we need to shut down access to the government for a little while just till we make people safe and yeah. This is this is what's happening in America, right? right. So both sides win. The 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 communists win, lose. the statists win, and the people lose. Yeah. Because let me tell you what, if you buy on to this argument that because of this is happening, we need to shut down access to our representatives, you better just just bunker down because once the government eliminates access to the public, it will never ever open its doors again until it's opened with force. That is an historical truth. That is a truth of human nature. It's not a fallacy, and it's not fake. It will actually happen that way. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. You know, J.C., I generally think that Hannity is a reasonable thinking kind of guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really do. So this is not about about Hannity. But what I'm saying is this is a natural inclination of human nature. That's how crisis is used. That's That's why it's so dangerous. Here's the thing. Go back to what we were talking about the other day. Okay. The lady wrote the article, five October surprises that could you know, change the election. Okay, if you're if you're fixed on principle, then nothing's gonna that doesn't affect your vote. The the fact that here's a bomber who's targeting uh Democrats and and is registered Republican. That's gonna make me vote for Democrats? Of course yeah. not. It's got nothing to do with that. So it's the same thing, but that's how crisis is used if if you know if you either are unprincipled or you're overcome by emotion that's how you're manipulated so you know it's just you have somebody that's upset and and you know these guys are Hannity's up there in that and they're they're his friends right so uh you know it's people that are close to him and he's upset but that's that's what happens we have to check ourselves and check our emotion otherwise we'll be calling for our own destruction we'll be calling for sacrificing our own rights and so it's the same thing when you see it's the same way these labels are used criminal felon terrorist you know so you can justify the destruction of your own liberty right because when you destroy a liberty then you're not just affecting the person you're putting a label on or you're saying oh they should be able to take this liberty away because that guy's a felon all right well then you've undermined the the notion that it's a natural right so then if you've allowed them to take uh, the rights away because this guy, you know, it's this excuse, that excuse that's not connected to whatever that guy did. Then you've basically given them the power to do the same thing to you. Right. If you're not if you haven't if you have not threatened to take someone's life or taken someone's life or or 
committed some kind of bodily harm to a person, there's no reason why you should lose your right to keep and bear arms. Yep. And just because you uh, you stole uh, money, oh, let me just make it realistic here. Just because you have a bad check over five thousand dollars doesn't mean you should lose your right to vote. Yeah. And so, but that's how that yeah it, it, those labels, those emotions, those categories, and so that's what happens. That's why I say. You know, it's got to be on principle. What we talk about, constitutional principles, you're operating on principles. So you're not swayed. What the Bible says, tossed about by every wind of doctrine. This emotion that just, the wave that comes that tosses you back and forth because of this headline, because of that headline, because of this thing. Thomas Paine wrote this in on December 23rd of 1776. He says, "'Tis surprising to see how rapidly a panic will sometimes run through a country." Yet panics in some cases have their uses. They produce as much good as hurt. Their duration is always short. The mind soon grows through them and acquires a firmer habit than before. But their peculiar advantage is that they are touchstones of sincerity and hypocrisy and bring things and men to light which might otherwise have lain forever undiscovered. In fact, he says, they have the same effect on secret traitors which an imaginary apparition would have upon a private murderer. They sift out the hidden thoughts of man and hold them up in public to the world. Yes, exactly. So, so it's revealed. Are you truly principled? Yes. Do you truly stand for the Constitution? So you hear all the words and speeches and descriptions, but then when the heat is on, right? when a crisis is big enough, when a boogeyman is scary enough, are you going to stick with principle? Or are you saying, well, in this case, you know, we should do that and, and then counter your principles. So if if you won't stick to principles when it's hard, then you really don't stand on those principles. You, you're really not. And I just wonder sometimes maybe in the cases of people like Sean Hannity, it, his problem is not that he's principled, but he's not settled in first principles. He's not settled yeah. in these principles. He doesn't understand that there's, there's a problem with the suggestion yeah. that he's making. You're going to have problems making this about Hannity. I'm not trying to make this about Hannity. I'm trying to make this about the every guy. Okay, ready for the tweets. I don't care. I'm saying this is about the everyday guy out there. Okay, the everyday guy who thinks just like Hannity, because there's a lot of everyday guys out there that are thinking, why don't we just lock it down, lock it down, and keep them safe? But that's the problem. That's the trap. That's the trap, and it's not about extremists on either side it's about the everyday american having uh, and the ability and the knowledge to be settled in these principles enough to say you know what that's not what we need to do Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. This is Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Do you know um, today in history, 
is a very important today day actually today in history was the conclusion of the fi of the first meeting of the first continental congress they met, uh, they were called to order on September 5th of 1774, and they concluded on October 26th, 1774. And so many amazing things came out of that. One of those things is something that I teach, um, uh, the Suffolk Resolves. Remember when um, uh, we teach in the uh, America Disarmed class about how Governor Gage went on a rampage through Massachusetts taking arms and ammunitions from the people. Well, the Suffolk resolves were part of that uh, grievance and uh, declaration of the people of Suffolk, Virginia, who said, look, we're not going to uh, stand by idly while the, the governor of Massachusetts starts uh, seizing arms and ammunitions from the people. And then the Continental Congress actually encouraged every, every colony in the Union to adopt the Suffolk resolves and uh, to make sure that the uh, people were all on board together with the, uh, with the protection of their rights. And uh, on um, and on Thursday, we missed this on the Thursday show, but I don't want to miss it again today. I want us to understand uh, about, you know, we spend a lot of time teaching about the women of our American Revolution. Well, on Thursday, uh, October 25th, is a very important historical day. That was the day of Penelope Barker's Tea Party, October 25th, 1774, just after the men threw tea in the harbor. Penelope Barker gathered together over 50 women in the home of Elizabeth King in Edenton, North Carolina, and they made their own resolve. They pledged to purchase no English-made goods until the laws that had enslaved their people were repealed. And they actually signed their pledge and sent it to the British government. It was published also in the Virginia Gazette, the London Packet, the Morning Chronicle, and the London Advisor. And these, this was such a bold step a bold step by these women signing their names first and last names to the protest, knowing that these women could be charged with treason. But not only that, every single family member that they had could be charged with treason. The majority of the men who shared the names on these lists were English merchants, which means they were likely going to lose their jobs. So what these women were saying loud and clear to the entire world was that liberty is worth more than a paycheck and it's worth more than the lives of the men who would bring it home. We have, those of you who have seen the Forgotten Founders class or my uh, Founding Mothers class, you know all about Penelope Barker, you know all about these women, you know all about their, uh, their trials and the boldness by which they stood. And if you uh, want to really get a taste of this history, there are lots of uh, resources. As a matter of fact, there's the Penelope Barker House Welcome Center. 
the home of the Edenton Historical Commission. They have a website. You can actually see the names of these women who took a stand. So when you have people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right, who want to step up and say that women had no role in the creation of America, that we were all victims of these oppressive, overwhelming, overbearing, abusive, male chauvinistic, misogynistic slave owners, then uh, you just have to remember Penelope Barker and her women and the many other women who made a stand to do the right thing. And so I'm just, I'm just happy to be a, be able to be the kind of person that can, can bring their memories back to the face of America, back to our, our, the future of America. You know, we go and teach, we, we've been teaching school, we've been teaching a lot of high school, middle school, homeschool in the last few weeks. Yeah, and I hope some, I hope some of them become journalists. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, because you need that truth. I mean, so many, even of what we, what people call conservative journalists, mm-hmm. um, are just so ignorant. Mm-hmm. And this ignorant, uh, you know, again, uh, ends up serving as the basis of, of what they say. And then nobody challenges it. Mm-hmm. Nobody questions what they say. Right. You know, I was thinking of the stuff you, you had taught. I think you wrote an article about um thomas jefferson and his relationship with the media at that time right thomas jefferson was a president was he not yes he was okay so he uh, was the third president yeah, of so the United States. I, I was looking at chris wallace uh get some free speech award or whatever and and he's talking about condemning uh trump's anti-media rhetoric and it was funny one of the things he says in this he said to say i never imagined the president of the United States would say that about a free, vigorous adversarial press is a big understatement. Okay, so let me tell you, Thomas Jefferson was elected president of the United States in uh, 1801. Yeah, Chris Wallace is unaware of that. Unaware of that. And in 1807, Thomas Jefferson wrote in a letter to John Norville, okay, Nothing can now be believed which is seen in a newspaper. Truth itself becomes suspicious by being put into that polluted vehicle. The real extent of this state of misinformation is known only to those who are in situations to confront facts within their knowledge with the lies of that day. And that's a reference to the media. That is newspapers. newspapers. That's what he said. Okay. Newspapers. Nothing can now be believed so, which is seen in the newspapers. So Chris Wallace never imagined. Okay, if he'd stop using his imagination. <laughs> Chris Wallace, don't don't imagine. Quit quit depending on your dreams and your imagination and and actually learn some history. Yeah, he, because he, he t- says when the president says the media is the enemy of the people, which is exactly what Thomas Jefferson said. While he, 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 wait a minute, while he was president he of was the president, United States. So. He says, Chris Wallace says, to me that undermines the Constitution. So I do think it is a tremendous threat to our, and here's another revealing his ignorance, democracy. Okay, yeah. so Thomas Jefferson to Chris Wallace, right? One of the guys who wrote the stinking Constitution mm-hmm. is saying Thomas Jefferson would be undermining the Constitution and is a threat to America. Listen to what Jefferson says. 
in the same letter, 1807. Now, Jefferson was president of the United States from March of 1801 to March of 1809, okay? So he's still president of the United States in 1807. He says, it is a melancholy truth that the suppression of the press could not be more complete could not more completely deprive the nation of its benefits than is done by its abandoned prostitution to falsehood. Yeah. He says, so basically what he's saying is fake news is just another mechanism of the suppression of free press. So he's like, you, you, the government could come out, law, make laws and suppress the press, and it wouldn't be any worse than what the media is doing by their prostitution to falsehood. So this is this ideology uh, is, is an understanding that when the press becomes a tool and is no longer a, a mechanism of truth, then it itself is a despotic portion of government. Well, so follow this. Tuesday, the New York Times publishes their assassination fantasy the killing of president trump new york times publishes that all right you know what i just hold on, do you, hold no, on. No, wait do you know what happened to that poor rodeo clown who who wore a mask of obama okay i mean all so, he did was wear a mask of obama as a rodeo clown look what happened fired. to him so let's lay out the timeline of mr mr ignorant of history wallace Tuesday, New York Times published this article fantasizing about assassinating President Trump. Okay. Then these bombs, these unexploding bombs come and then Trump talks about the media's hot rhetoric. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which would seem justified. They just published a fantasy about assassinating him. Okay. Right. So then Wednesday, uh, Wallace receives this speech and says, you shouldn't criticize the media. That's a threat to our democracy, a threat to the Constitution. It's a threat to the country. Now, publishing fantasies about assassinating the president, I, I don't think made it into his speech. He right. clearly has no problem with with his colleagues publishing assassination stories but he think it's he thinks it's trump's fault when trump points out this stuff in the newspaper their constant lies their constant fake news their constant violent rhetoric trump points it out and and according to chris wallace trump's criticism of of gutter garbage like that is the problem okay i think ignorant beyond words journalists who don't know their butt from a hole in the ground like chris wallace are the problem and the threat to our republic well jefferson would agree with you jefferson says quote i really look with commiseration over the great body of my fellow citizens who reading newspapers live and die in the belief that they have known something of what has been passing in the world in their time Whereas the accounts they have read in the newspapers are just as true a history of any other period of the world as of the present, except the real names of the day are affixed to their fables. 
So even in Jefferson's day, Jefferson's criticizing the, the journalists because that's who they were in the newspapers. He says, I commiserate for my fellow citizens who actually believe the garbage that they're writing. Chris Wallace, so wait. these are the words of a president. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. This is the last segment of our first hour, J.C., so we have to say goodbye to those of you who are only here with us for one hour. Goodbye. <laughs> so long, farewell. Now, feeders saying goodbye. Can, right? can we say it? Can we make it very clear? Mr. Wallace, what you heard in the previous segment were the actual words of a guy named Thomas Jefferson. Not sure you ever heard of him, but he was actually a president. He penned the Declaration of Independence, and those were his criticisms of your business. So your words, sir, are demonstrably ignorant. We can prove you are ignorant ignorant that's not an insult that's a statement of fact you don't know what you're talking about you are ignorant sir if you want to hear the rest of the chris ann hall show you need to go to chrisannhall.com you need to go and hear the rest of the show because i'm sure jc's not done yet (laughs) and jefferson's uh, not done yet either you know jefferson said uh again in 1807 he said quote i will add that the man who never looks into a newspaper is better informed than he who reads them, inasmuch as he who knows nothing is nearer to the truth than he whose mind is filled with falsehoods and errors. He who reads nothing will still learn the great facts, and the details are all false. Yeah, and, and so and here's another part. So this is another despicable part about ignorant Chris Wallace. I'm being mean, right? I'm being mean to Chris Wallace. Okay, let me let me show you. L- look at this. Uh, he, he, here's a reference. He makes a reference, and 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 and, and uh, he parallels right this criticism again. Let, let's let's roll it back. New York Times publishes an article about assassinating President Trump, and he characterizes you know this stuff, this out of hand uh, stuff in the media. And so Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace references the uh, the killing of the journalist by by the Saudis. Could it happen here? No time soon. But when 70 percent of our fellow Americans believe major news outlets, quote, report stories they know to be fake, it is past time to be vigilant. Okay, so he's basically saying he's equating. Trump criticizing this garbage as okay what he's doing is he's he's setting the stage of he's going to start assassinating journalists we got to pay attention because this guy next thing you know he's going to be killing journalists Mm -hmm. 
Okay, that's how. And, and this is this is Mister Mister Fox News, Chris Wallace, all dignified, and you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. You are an idiot. L- learn your history, bro. Thomas Jefferson, president. Those are his words. Not Trump. Trump didn't say it, but he's saying the same stinking thing that Trump's saying because of these demonstrably disgusting. I mean, come on. You want to argue? You want to argue the merits of that New York Times story? Chris Wallace, is that, that what you're saying? That's okay? And we shouldn't tr- criticize that? <laughs> I mean, what is his point here? Yeah. No, no. No, really. I know. What are we spo- What is the president supposed to say? What are, what are the American people supposed to say? Oh, we, we keep hearing every day these reports of, oh, there's so much fake news. This is news? That's what you, so that's not fake news? That's journalism? A, a fantasy story about in fact, not even just assassination of President Trump, but a Secret Service agent assassinating President Trump. The Secret Service came out. Secret Service came out and said this is disgusting. Okay, right. so so then are are the Secret Service agents now threats to democracy because they're criticizing your President Trump assassination fantasy, Chris Wallace, that you're defending, that you're covering for because it's your colleagues, it's your tribe, so it's okay, and they shouldn't criticize us. Next thing you know, this guy's going to be killing us. You're the one writing fantasies about killing him, you idiot. Well, see, this is how this really is the destruction of free of free freedom of press, right? Because free press is not a person. It's a principle. And so what happens, and I think it's just an extension of what Bastiat said about the law as well. So Bastiat, in his, in, in his uh, book, The Law, talks about how when law conflicts with the moral nature of man, then the laws become unrespectable. Yeah. And so this is what we're seeing. Right. So then you get the destruction of society, the loss of liberty when when and the corruption of government, when the laws become unrespectable. But this is exactly what's happening to the freedom of press. I believe this is exactly what Jefferson was talking about. When we come back after the break, I want to start off with this point so I can you know wrap it up a little bit clearer. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over personality. We are always at chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, and libertyfirstuniversity.com as well. This is the second hour of our Saturday show. So happy to have you here with us. I am Chris Ann Hall, and I'm here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Bastiat, in his book, The Law, explains on how laws must reflect a moral nature of man. That when laws contradict the morality of man, then laws themselves become unrespectable, which he, he classifies brings the complete destruction of society. Well... What we're talking about here, and I believe what Jefferson was talking about when he he penned those criticisms of the press, when he said that their prostitution of falsehoods is actually another form of the, the complete suppression of the press. 
And it happens when the press does it to themselves, right? Because their stories become so unbelievable. They become historically so incredible that, and that's the use of that definition of the world without credibility, that the people can no longer even look at the press as as something worthy of seeing. So then there's no freedom of press because everybody believes and understands all of this stuff to be lies. Can can I key in and on And they it? sold themselves. Not only that, they sold themselves to the government. So they've become political tools. Right? So they're no longer a free press. They're a bound press in pol- in politics, in ideology. They're no longer journalists. They're prostitutes. Can I key in on a word you said and, and explain why this gets my dander up so much? Go ahead. Th- that word respectable. Yeah. Okay. Because you look, look at, here's this, you, here's Chris Wallace. His pretty little photograph. He's sitting there in his designer suit. He's got his little handkerchief in his pocket, his 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 $100 tie, his designer glasses, his $200 haircut, and everything's perfect. It's dressed up all respectable, mm-hmm. right? Because he looks so respectable. He's just calm. And, 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 and he tries to cloak this, right? He gets before this crowd and, you know, and, and they're all, it, it, so they can pat him on the back and he mm-hmm. can pat, you know, self-congratulating each other. And he tries to be you know all magnanimous and we have to we have to we have to rise above while he's mm-hmm. defending complete and other trash he's blaming the president for being the threat and saying you can't criticize mm-hmm. my uh my field and right. the self-importance because mm-hmm. if you criticize us you're destroying the constitution you're destroying the nation if you criticize us i mean how long have we watched the media how long have they had this attitude where we've watched they don't they don't report the news mm-hmm. they're part of the news right they make the news they've placed themselves above the nation itself they are so arrogant right to attack them no matter what they do no matter what these they, they say don't hold them right. accountable Right. But to uh, to criticize them in the least is to attack our democracy. You're not synonymous with the principles of this nation, doofus. Mm-hmm. When you start when you start okaying this pure political n- garbage that they print, mm-hmm. this fantasies of assassinating the president and right. then then you want to point your finger is does the president it does the president use as as uh louisiana senator said hot rhetoric is is he bombastic yes absolutely right but that is a separate issue of this guy standing here making out like they should be able to do and say anything and everything they want to say and we can't criticize them and then if we do we are attacking some sort of higher divine principle right it's disgusting but i can put a suit and tie on and i can act so prim and proper you know and act like we're above everybody else and 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 we're supposed to we're supposed to gobble this garbage up give me a break and then as we pointed out he doesn't even know what he's talking about he's up there speaking with authority about what a president would say and not say and if he says this then this is this is what kind of president he, he is we we just read very a very small sampling of what thomas jefferson had to say about these losers 
And so is Jefferson supposed to be a threat as well? Is Jefferson dangerous? Is that what he wants us to believe? <laughs> Give me a break. Idiot. Well, and I think that's why. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, I doubt that. But I think that's why we have this issue now of, um, like Jefferson said, the prostitution to falsehoods. It is something that is supposed to be so offensive to to the, the, the principal moralities of the people. We, we should be disgusted by this. The problem is, is that it's just simply too entertaining. And, and people, you know, they look at the drama, they look at the entertainment, they don't look at the destruction that's happening. And the destruction is, is not coming from a criticism of the press. The destruction is coming from the, the affiliation of the press. Yeah, the fact that the press is a joke. Yeah, right. And it's why people are turning to independents yeah, exactly. for, the, for the information. So I guess suppose that Chris Wallace is actually doing a service to us, driving people to the Chris Ann Hall show or something like that, right? He, he acts like he believes that the press is still respectable. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, Mr. Wallace. The American public doesn't believe that. No. And you can blame the president all you want. Well, he's criticized. He's criticized us. I mean, this is the premise that the Trump, Trump has criticized the press so much that people no longer trust the press. Mm-hmm. What? Are you crazy? Right. Trump came along and just put a voice to what people already believed. Right. He just has the boldness and the platform to say it and and to and to have it heard widely. See, right. that's see this is the problem. This is why they don't like Trump because mm-hmm. he, number 1, he's such a such a force, right? He's such he he just he's just this political gravity where Everything draws to him. Right. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a good thing, but but it's a reality. And and then so the problem is he is now uh, voicing this mm-hmm. has the platform. There's nothing they can mm-hmm. do about it. Whereas you, me, you know, uh, Joe, uh, Joe truck driver, you know, uh, Sally school mom. We didn't have that platform. We didn't have that voice. So they could shut us up because they're right. not they don't. They don't give us a microphone, so we can't say that. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, this is what they're angry about. Trump is giving voice to what they were able to to silence the American people about, and they can't silence Trump. That's why they're mad. That's why they they hate Trump. And so you're, Mr. Wallace, you're not unpopular. Your field is not unpopular because of Trump. Mm-hmm. He's saying what we already thought about you. So. Don't we got to. Oh, and oh, man, it just was so arrogant. President, we we right. We the press, the exalted ones, the ones that live Mm -hmm. outside of time. We've seen we're the immortals. We've seen presidents come and go. Right. We'll still be here. Where will that be? I mean, this is what he says in the speech. The arrogance of these people. Mm. And so, oh, they're just going to we just have to ride him out. No not going to work because Trump's not the reason you stop pointing your finger at Trump and examine yourself. You want to be respectable again. You want people to stop hating the news and so-called journalists. People don't even believe journalism even exists anymore. Right. You want to fix that? Look in the mirror, not in the white house. So you can wait Trump out all you want. And I can't wait till he's out of office. I can't wait because they're going to find out it's not going away because they're not going to change what they're doing. 
So he's going to, Chris Wallace and the rest of his ilk are going to get slapped in the face the moment Trump's out of office, you know, at the end of this four years or at the end of eight years, Trump's going to be gone and they're going to be slapped in the face with the reality. They're going to be two years after Trump's gone, scratching their heads, trying to figure out, Mm -hmm. well, man, Trump's not here anymore. Why do people still hate us? Look in the stinking mirror. Meanwhile, okay, I wasn't done. I know. I told you. I told everybody you weren't done. It's on my nerves. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, while we're distracted by all of this stuff going on. Yeah, tell us what's really happening. Okay, what's really happening? A 70 year old man who's a Vietnam veteran was sentenced to seven years in prison by federal district judge Marsha A. Crone. Because 40 years ago, he purchased a fully automatic gun that's quote-unquote illegal for citizens to own. Did you say 40 years ago? 40 years ago. Wow. 40 years ago. So the rifle was apparently similar to one that he had in the Army where he served as a lieutenant. And he found it at a gun show. And it's a very rare gun, and he's a gun collector, and his attorney said that over his course of his life, he and, and his wife had collected about 14 weapons. Many of them were collector's items. Now, he lives in Plano, Texas. Okay, well, I guess he lived in Plano, Texas. Now he's going to live in prison for seven years at the age of 70 years old. And uh, along with other pilots, and it's, it's like one of those... Homing, uh, uh, those neighborhoods where you have a hangar instead of a garage, right? Uh-huh. So they have. So apparently, last year, the ATF raided his home on a tip. And they found this, this automatic rifle that he bought 40 years ago at a gun show. And now he has been sentenced to seven years in prison for that M14 rifle that he picked up at a Fort Worth gun show in the early 80s. 1978 would be 40 years ago. Yeah. Well, this says in, this says in the early 80s. Yeah, almost early 80s. Well, who, who is the judge? What is the judge's name? The judge's name is Marsha A. Crone. How do you spell Crone? C-R-O-N-E. This is in Texas now. I want you to understand this is in Texas. So this federal court, these ATF came and raided these people under the nose of the Texas governor, under the nose of the Texas attorney general, and uh, he... Eastern, Eastern District of Texas. Right, right. And so they didn't take, they didn't, they didn't charge him with possession of any other firearms. They didn't charge him with any other crime. They simply put him in prison for seven years for an M14 that he picked up 40 years ago. And this is relevant because you got to hear the rest of the story. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. 
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And we are talking about this Vietnam veteran, Alfred Pick, who was sentenced by a federal district judge by the name of Marsha Crone to seven years in prison for an M14 that he bought at a gun show in Fort Worth, Texas, nearly 40 years ago. Yes, 40 years ago. Now, he is actually, he was a lieutenant in the Vietnam War, a decorated lieutenant. He, uh, he, he received uh, medals of honor and all kinds of stuff. And um, he is a gun collector. So somebody tipped the ATF off uh, about something in the house. They raided his home. He, now, this is the important part, JC. You've got to listen to this. He was charged with this automatic rifle being illegal for an average citizen to own, right? So if you're in the Army, if you're the government, you can own it. But if you're a private citizen, you cannot own it. Well, apparently this, this came to a shock of his neighbors because his neighbors are like, what in the world is going on? Why are you guys putting this guy in prison? And it went... Um, uh, there was a lot of local outrage for this, right? So now, are you ready for this all of a sudden? Now all of a sudden, the prosecutor is releasing information that Pick was smoking. Now, now wait a minute. Now, they raided his home two weeks after his wife died from cancer. Okay. So his wife of 40 years dies from cancer. They raid his home two weeks after he dies. Now all of a sudden, they're... She she dies, right. They're releasing uh, information that this man was smoking marijuana in his home, that he had been trespassed from the very hospitals for, quote, aggressive behavior, uh, verbal and physical abuse of medical staff, impeding the staff, that um, that he was... Uh, he had police interactions. His daughter reports that she had sexually abused. She had been sexually abused by him in the home. Now, this is the thing that's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm talking from a due process perspective here. Mm-hmm. The man was not charged with sexual assault. Right. He was not charged with any kind of battery any kind of assault any kind of threat he wasn't charged with anything how can the prosecutor make this kind of information public when number one it would not even be relative uh, relevant in the charge of this crime yeah number two it's not even relevant in the sentencing of this crime. Right. It wouldn't even be a matter of court record as the elements of this crime. But don't we see that a lot? They, so they make these convictions, and then they have to 
have to justify them, and all of a sudden you see you all you see all these reports of these alleged nefarious activities by right. the person to make basically publicly shame them and and, and you make know, it okay for him okay to go to prison. It's okay he's such a bad guy. It's okay for him to go to prison for seven years for buying an automatic rifle nearly forty years ago. When a seventy-year-old man, we can send him to prison for seven years for a firearm that your government owns, but then all of a sudden they say you can't own it. But it's okay because, you know, he was an angry guy. Yeah. It's okay because he was uh, verbally abusive to people. It's okay because he was trespassed. It's okay because, oh, wait a minute, that's not all enough. We got to, he may have molested his daughter. Yeah. Right? So I'm not covering for anything bad that he may or may not have done. But here's the thing. When, When you see this pattern, over and over and over and over again. I mean, this happens. We see this all. We watch this stuff. All you the see it time. all the time. How do you how how do you even know to believe this stuff? Right? Because I mean, it happens. So I know that's what I, I'm. I, my hello, first thought that's what is, I'm trying to say. My first thought is, wait a minute. This is this has been a. T- we see this tactic constantly, and we also know cases personally where this stuff is false, where we know it to be false, where we've watched stuff be said and put out in the media and things quote-unquote released and we know it's false and we watch them doing it so we already have we already have a basis to say uh, his neighbors said he's had it he's had this firearm all these years he's never robbed a bank or done anything with it somebody made one mistake and now 50 years later he's going to prison for seven years how is that justice that's why we gotta make it a bad guy The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my cousin and my cousin. <laughs> Whoa, that's creepy. <laughs> my cousin husband. <laughs> now I promise you, JC and I are not related. <laughs> Although we do live in Florida. So <laughs> that's when I give her trying to read things at the same time I'm trying to speak. <laughs> So here, J.C. Hall, my husband. The funny thing is, we could go back and edit that out, but we're not. (laughs) We're not going to, just because I want you to know it's real. (laughs) It's real. It's real. So anyway, back to the story. See what you said when we were going in the break is absolutely the point that I'm trying to make here. The federal prosecutor and the federal judge cannot say in any way, shape, or form with any semblance of sanity that it is reasonable that a man will go to prison for seven years for this. Mm -hmm. They can't do it. Right. And they know they can't do it because they didn't even attempt to do it. So they have to There was no attempt to say, what are you guys so upset about? I mean, he had the gun. It's obviously that he broke this law. So it's reasonable that this 70-year-old man should go to prison for seven years for a gun that he bought almost 40 years ago. And by the way, no other talk show is going to pick it up. No. That's the other part of the strategy. So it boos you off of it, right? right? Because right. because then you'll get attacked. You're going to get a you're going to get pushback and saying, 
you're defending a child molester, right? So that's the tactic. No. To, to make you toxic, to make the person right. toxic. Right, to, to number one, you believe he's a bad guy. Number two, scare any any journalist or anybody away from talking about it. So that's the tactic. The thing that always jumps out in my mind is mm. if they can do it to this guy. That's exactly. Then they can do it to you. Absolutely. So when you find yourself on some trumped up charge and then and then it's all said and done, guess what? All of a sudden, there's going to be these crazy stories that get released about all this stuff that you, like, you've done. You never heard of it, but all of a sudden, the whole world's going to hear about it because then they could lock you up, throw away a key. I mean, how many how many of these cases do we know of people people are uh, in custody now, even without charges? Yeah, but they put out this stuff about how bad they are. Nobody cares. Nobody's right. saying anything about it. We got people sitting in prison without charges for years, mm-hmm. months and years. And nobody says anything because they there's some story that they released. Right. That this guy's so bad. And then so nobody talks about it. Nobody cares. There's no attention paid to it. And that's how they do it. So that that's the ta- that's the tactic. OK, y- you're going to get the, you know, uh, somebody alleged, and it's never like a case was was brought and adjudicated. The guy was convicted of this. No, it's always going to be. It is alleged, or so and so said, or this person right. reported. This family member said. This guy who was in his office or saw him in the store, witnessed him in the grocery store. It's always somebody said. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, this guy was into child porn this guy molested the neighbor it was said this guy it was said that he was in an altercation with his wife uh you know it was said in the neighborhood that this guy was always threatening people right it's always that and then people go oh well i'm not gonna talk about that guy we can't defend that guy yeah this is bad but if we talk about it you know let's wait for a better case where it's not so toxic yeah well that's the technique so so how about jeremy Kettler. Right. And Shane Cox in Kansas sentenced. Uh, well, they didn't get prison, maybe because because so many Kansans got together and 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 stood for him. Yeah. I mean, we st- uh, we stood right there in the Capitol building condemning the governor and the attorney general for letting this happen, condemning the legislators of Kansas for letting this happen. Maybe that's why they didn't get seven years in prison. Right. And nobody stood for this guy. Mm-hmm. What about um, uh, I mean, there's just there's so many people out there that just simply cannot defend themselves in such a an unrist, unrealistic unruly unjustified america justice system completely broken yep completely completely oh, and, and per- Schaefer Cox we've yeah. talked about Schaefer Cox many times yep. on here Schaefer Cox actually still in prison convicted of owning uh possessing uh, uh firearms that Parts. are that were uh, no fi- he was convicted of possessing a firearm but he never po- possessed the firearm he only had the parts and the in the federal government and the prosecutor was able to convince a judge well if he has the parts he has the gun he can put them together right so now we can charge him with having this gun 
Yeah. All because he stood up and talked about the people's right to keep and bear arms. He was actually framed by the FBI. Yep. He was actually framed. Yeah. And now we have Cox and Kettler in, in Kansas who were actually entrapped by their own legislators into right. committing a federal crime and then abandoned. And now you've got this way. You want to talk. You know, you, you, you had your rant moment over this First Amendment stuff. I get to rant over these over these immoral, corrupt judges and prosecutors, and prosecutors who are a not only a violation to the sensibilities, they ought to be disbarred. That, the fact that he is, this prosecutor is out talking about this man's life in situations that were completely and totally irrelevant to the cr- criminal charges against him yep. ought to be grounds for disbarment. Yep. He ought to be charged. We've seen it. We've seen that in Florida. I mean, I remember just absolutely when you were in the prosecutor's mm. office and stuff. They talked about that you don't do this. You can't do you this. You can't talk this. about this, right? So yeah. how how is this even possible? So totally corrupt. To- the court system is totally, totally corrupt. Well, it's because it's the federal court system, and they don't yeah. have to follow the rules um, that the I, that the peons have to follow. Yeah. You know, a, a regular co- a county prosecutor couldn't get away with something well, like this. You, you see it on you see it in the county courts, but the but the difference is then the people that the people react. Yeah. So it only continues in the local courts when the people disconnect themselves from what's going on. Right. The the the, the lower courts are as corrupt as you allow them to be. Th- that's why I have a problem with these district courts with the appointments and stuff. They're they're attached to nobody. They're accountable to nobody. Right. Here, one thing, the president appoints them in this administration. He goes on. They're still there. They're on the bench for because th- they have this, lifetime. Th- this lady appointment. here. This lady here was appointed appointed in uh, what's her name? Crone. Marsha Crone was appointed in 2003 by George W. Bush. How long has he been gone? Right. But they go on and they're uh, they're accountable to no one. And then you couple that with this notion, what you talk about all the time of lifetime appointments, not good behavior, but lifetime appointments. They're there forever. Well, let's not miss the fact that this is a federal prosecutor that works under Jeff Sessions today. Exactly. Works under Jeff Sessions today. Yeah. We're supposed to be pro Second Amendment and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Right. Complete nonsense. It's ridiculous. So George Bush appoints a federal judge. That is obviously anti-right people's rights, anti-gun rights, anti-liberty, anti-justice, anti-Eighth Amendment, anti-Sixth Amendment, anti-Fourth Amendment, anti-Second Amendment, anti-Third Amendment, anti-First Amendment. Can I just keep going on? And then we have a prosecutor working now under Jeff Sessions, under Donald Trump, pulling this crap at the same time. Think about this, though. Perhaps the judge is decent to a degree but was influenced by this nonsense from the prosecutor maybe they planted in her head oh this guy's possibly child molester whatever and then the, once the you've seen this once right. the judges once the judges take on a bias i mean the judge can control the entire outcome of the case yeah right so yeah. that's the thing of number one being ethical and following doing what you're supposed to do the it's the, I'm gonna cook, I'm gonna the cook your noodle one the more step. The prosecutor should never be even brought this stuff up that had nothing to do with this. What if it wasn't even about the judge, about the prosecutor bringing in up this other stuff? What if this judge was merely following precedent? Yeah. Maybe she re- she thought that because the Supreme Court said A, B, and C, 
as a lower federal court judge, I have no choice but to follow precedent. I mean, that's what Kavanaugh said when he was sitting before uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee. When I was a federal judge, that's what I had to do. I had to follow the precedent. I couldn't, whether I liked it or not, I had to follow the precedent. That's where we are. Courts are corrupt, man, big time. telling you. So... I don't know. I just I don't know how we cannot get angry that's, over stuff like that's this. That's why it's important. But you said to, it's toxic because the guy was maybe a child molester. He got angry at people in in parking lots and in yeah. in he got angry at people. Oh, oh wait a minute. You know what he one of his trespasses was because he got angry at the hospital staff and threatened them with violence over the treatment of his wife while she had cancer. Yeah, which you is exactly know what I did. <laughs> in, <laughs> I was going to say, you wouldn't know anything about that now, would you, GC? Exactly what I did in the VA in Gainesville. That's right. So 40 years from now, some federal prosecutor could talk about how you threatened the 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 staff at the VA yep. hospital in Gainesville because they had lo- they had pushed your wife off into yep. a corner like uh, a and dog I, and, and not I'd taken say, care of her. I'd say, yep, I sure did. You want to hear why it was justified? I mean, how do you know what this guy did is not justified? Right. I mean, his, his wife is in there uh, dying of cancer. Yeah. Uh, you can't easily imagine a scenario where he gets mad. Give me a break. So this is this is this is trash lawyering. This yes. is trash. Total trash. It's total trash. And you bring that kind of you, you do. That, I mean, that's that's disgusting. This Maybe sort one of day I'll slinging uh, uh, lawyering. I mean, yeah. that's that's sick. It's yeah. really sick. Yeah, I don't know because you don't know the story, right? But but at the surface, it sounds bad. Oh, I'm you, I tell J. you, J.C. Hall. He threatened hospital staff. They were going to call the security you, on him. You better believe they were. Matter of fact, I suggested to them. I said <laughs> you ought to pick up the phone right now and call security. Because if you don't, you're going to be in trouble. Yep. I said, we're fixing that problems. So, yeah, yeah absolutely, I yeah. did. But yeah. you, you want the backstory? And give me about half an hour to tell you the backstory. And yeah. you, you're not going to think poor of me. Right. Okay. So, this is the thing. You, that's how that works. You can throw out these slurs and slanders, and you don't know the details. You don't know what's going on. See, this is the. This is, see, that's why it's okay. unethical. This is why due process was established in America the way it was. This is why. The, the the standard of evidence is the way it is. That's why when someone is charged with a crime, we prove beyond a reasonable doubt. That's why there are evidentiary rules of admissibility and inadmissibility yep. so that you can't try someone on slurs and slanders and, and unsubstantiated charges. So just like the press that Chris Wallace wants, here's a judiciary and a, and a prosecuting system that can do whatever they want. In the exact Say same manner. Say whatever they want. Yeah, and, and now you see the decline of the society. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. This is our last segment for the day. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband, J.C. Hall. Cousin husband. <laughs> no, no, no. You you may be a cousin daddy, but you're not a cousin husband. I should, <laughs> I should say in the last segment, do whatever they want, say whatever they want to get the result that they want. 
that's both the, the that's press the point. Yeah. and the, the judiciary press and the court, right? And Do whatever you want, say whatever you want to get the result you want. It's all right. about the ends justifies the means. So as long as we can, you know, get what we want, make Trump look bad. Write uh, this blame up. Blame Republicans, whatever. Write this up as three hundred uh, as reason three hundred and seventy nine. Why I cannot stand Jeff Sessions. How's that? Cool. Right. I mean, seriously. Hey, hey speaking of ethics. Ethics. Oh no, uh, not this guy. He doesn't have any ethics. Gillum, mm-hmm. the uh, candidate for Florida governor, Andrew Gillum, under the new Democrat socialist, socialist party. Uh, is changing his story. He's changed his story now. He changed his story several times. So remember, we talked about him being under investigation for the FBI. And so he's he was denying that he took free trips and 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 uh, received gifts. But but now documents have come out. Right. Revealing the truth that he's lying. And so the last thing he said, he changed his story and said, yeah, uh, I I thought these tickets came from uh from my brother, right? He mm-hmm. he took basically bribes. He took gifts mm-hmm. that he's not entitled that he knew he's not supposed to take, and it was a sting operation from an undercover FBI agent in 2016. And and, and first he said, no, I didn't take anything like that. I didn't do anything. No, it's untrue. And now the documents have revealed, no, it is true. You did this, and so now he changes tunes. Well. I, I thought the tick. I thought the tickets were for my younger brother. I should have asked more questions. And mm-hmm. so all these the tickets, the gifts, the trips, the vacations, all this sort of stuff that he's taken from from people that he believed were stakeholders about particular issues. And then the next session, these people who gave him the gifts and the trips and the tickets are getting these sweetheart deals while he was right. mayor and while he was on these committees. Right. And so totally corrupt this communist. Uh, Andrew Gillum that's running for governor in Florida and because of all this stuff because people are more and more people are finding out who he is now now allegedly the polls are showing are reflecting this tightening of the race I don't think it's as close as they say it is I think that's all false anyway but even now the false polls are tightening yeah well what are you going to do when I, I just simply have to fall back on this this principle of human nature historical truth we are not a reflection of our government the yep. government is a reflection of its people yeah so it's time for the righteous people with the right principles to influence their government to fill their government so it's a reflective so that that's what it reflects we need to we need to turn back to righteousness turn back to right principles first principles and populate the government we have allowed first off we've we've uh, stepped back and allowed allowed america to to decline mm-hmm. and and just turn to uh, lack of virtue lack of knowledge of first principles and then that's how we populated government so if we want a virtuous and righteous right government we have to be virtuous and right people and then the people who are virtuous and right need to stand up and get back in there and populate government. That's why these wicked uh, churches out there saying, oh, we shouldn't be involved. They've turned over, turned over their government to corrupt people and saying people who are uh, who are upright shouldn't be involved. Um, it's, right. it's crazy. So this is the kind of government that we've got. And now and now they feel the pressure. Mm hmm. Not and pff, 
not to mention look at all look mm-hmm. at how corrupt the churches are anyway we're driving through texas and it just blows my mind i'm looking at these houses and they got the crosses and all this sort of you know christian decorations and this and that all over their house and in their yard and then there's a beto o'rourke sign in the front yard are right. you kidding me those two things shouldn't be able to go together so mm-hmm. that just shows you how corrupt the church is and how how they don't even have the right principles anymore. You, you, you know, now it's OK. You're in a church. It's OK to support baby killers. It's OK, you, you know, to support the dependency and, and take charity away from the home of the church, all this stuff. So that you see how corrupt it is. And the church is just as bad. When the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. Just more self-evident truths. God bless you guys. We'll see you on Monday on the Daily Journal. Let me know.